The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, o Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father. For he makes his sun rise on the bad and the good and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? Do not the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers and sisters only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? So be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. Any number of times that I've meditated on this gospel passage in the past, it's, um, it's always thrown me for a loop, because this, uh, this comes at the end of chapter 5 of Matthew's gospel. Uh, so this is the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, and he's just gone through. Jesus has gone through the law, and he's shown how in, in, his, in and through his life, he's bringing the law to fulfillment. And by bringing the law to fulfillment, it means he's taking the precepts of the law and saying, you have heard that it was said, but I say to you, this is the way that the people of God is going to live. So a uh, people that is uh, n- not simply satisfied with not killing, but dealing with the very root of the problem with anger and going through the different commandments and bringing, and calling those who follow him, the, this address to his disciples, calling those to, who follow him to a higher way of life. And at the very end of it, as a summary, he goes, therefore, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Simple enough, right? Just be perfect, guys. You can do this. You got it. But it's one of those things that at the end of it, I'm like, is, is it really that easy, Jesus? Is, is, that re- is, it, is it really just a, a throwaway line, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect? And we can see that even as he's going through this, our understanding of perfection, Jesus is reworking even what that means. He's reworking what we would typically assume as perfection, as like this, this moral uprightness as just being a good person. No, immediately before this, he says, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father. As we make our way through Lent, first of all, it's fitting that we read from the Sermon on the Mount because everything in our practices of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving point to living out the life of discipleship in Christ Jesus, following after Jesus, and the way of life that he's marked out for us, the way way of life that he's pioneered in and through his life. He's sketched out this life, what it looks like to follow him, and that life is nothing other than a life of generous self-gift, a life dedicated to love, to charity, Charity, not only for those that we would expect to have charity for, our family and our friends, it's easy enough to love those who love you. But if you're really seeking to live the life of generous love, then it's loving those when there's nothing that you're going to get in return. That's the life that Jesus is calling us to, but he's not just calling us to it as if he's just um, saying, do as I say, not, it's not like he's just saying, do as I say and not as I do. This is the life that Jesus, in his very self, lived. He goes to his death, loving those who, are, who want to put him to death. And not only that, he prays for those who persecute him. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. He goes to his death, pouring out his life for the renewal of the world. 
giving his life in, uh, in sacrifice for each and every one of us, and he makes excuses for those who put him to death, asking for forgiveness for them from his heavenly Father. And so we look at the way of life that Jesus is pioneering, that he's sketching out in the Sermon on the Mount, and especially as we make our way through Lent, we probably feel um, even, even more painfully aware of this, that the life that we're being called to, we're incapable of living on our own. I imagine um, if any of you are anything like me, you've probably struggled to maintain your Lenten disciplines even through this first week and a half because we realize that this life of self-denial, the, the life that's trying to draw us outside of ourselves, it's hard for us. We're instinctively self-centered. There's something about us that we want to turn inward on ourselves. And yet, it's precisely in that moment. This is the work that needs to be done during Lent. That's good if you're feeling your weakness during Lent because it drives us to call on, the, on Jesus, on his power, on his strength, to lift us up, to strengthen us, to fill us with his power so that we're able to live the life that he's calling us to. If we try and set course on our own, if we try and make, it, make our way through our own efforts um, on our own steam, we're going to fail. We're going to fail, and we're going to fail badly, and we're probably going to damage people in the process. But if we have our eyes firmly fixed on Jesus, if we're calling on him for his strength, for his grace, for his very life, the life that he's calling us to live, then we are going to be able to live this life of perfection, not, this life, not simply the life of virtue. Virtue follows from it. But the life of perfection is nothing other than following after Christ Jesus in everything that we do, giving ourselves everything that we have and everything that we are for his purposes. Because that's going to direct us, that's going to transform our hearts so that we become more loving people. And what flows from that, uh, what flows from that naturally is that we become more virtuous, that we become more disciplined, that we, that we yield these fruits that make us more loving, joyful, patient, kind, generous, faithful, gentle, in control of ourselves. These, this is the life of perfection that we're being called to. Not simply following the rules, not simply checking boxes, the life that we're being called to is a life of love, first and foremost, for God, following after him, wanting to see his purposes come to bear in the world so that he can work the restoration that he longs to in creation, not least in the very depths of our hearts, but also so that we can live a life of love for our neighbor. This is the life of perfection that we're being called to, and it starts with drawing us outside of ourselves. Again, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. This, this is part of what's very central to the gospel. If we go around and we, we preach truths about what happened in Jesus' life, that's all well and good. But if we can't do anything where the rubber hits the road, if we can't actually accomplish the work of love, then our witness to the gospel is hardly believable. Because then we, like Jesus says, what makes us any different from the pagans? If we don't have love, if we don't have the love that Christ Jesus breathes into us through our baptism, that we have as beloved children of our Heavenly Father, 
then how is our witness going to be believable? It's only through love, and this is the purpose of Lent. It's to draw us outside of ourselves. It's to embrace these practices that make us realize that, yes, I still have this instinct to turn inward on myself, and I need, I need you, Jesus. I need, I need your help to break me of this self-centeredness, of this uh, inward-facing life, so that I can look at everybody else around me and wish to serve them, wish to serve them, wish to meet their needs, not forgetting myself, not saying that, oh, I don't mean anything. No, it's precisely because we are children of our Heavenly Father, because we are dearly loved and he takes great delight in us, that we say, I know who I am. I don't need to grasp on all of the grasp onto all these different things that make me feel better about myself because I know that there's one thing that is going to last me throughout life, even if everything else is taken away, it is that I have the love of God. I am the dear, dear child in whom God takes great delight. And that is what's going to strengthen me, what's going to fill me with the power to not forget myself, but to go outside of myself in love for the other. And this is the work that we're called to. This is the life, this is the gospel that we have. This is good news. We don't have to be caught up in ourselves. We don't have to be grasping. We don't have to hold grudges. We don't have to do all of these things. We, as the beloved children of God, have the privilege of being the people dedicated to love the people committed to serving the other and bringing restoration to humanity. This is our privilege. And so it's also our privilege to go through this season of Lent, to continue with the work of transforming our hearts, letting Christ Jesus do the work that he longs to do in the very depths of our hearts. Because of all of creation that needs renewal, it is the human heart that is the, that is the pinnacle of creation. And so when Jesus longs to bring renewal to humanity, he's starting with the pinnacle of creation, and it's one human heart at a time that the world that we see, where we see uh, chaos still working its way out through the world, that as God extends his reign, it's one human heart at a time. And we're here today because we've been summoned to Christ Jesus to experience that transformation to experience that renewal, and so that we can, through our, lo- our lives of great and costly love, of generous self-gift, we're able to share the good news that we are loved by the Father, and that love, ha- that love has the power to overcome even evil and death itself. This is one of the things that, um, that really, when I take time to meditate on it, it's, it really blows my mind that we always think of power as in shows of power, of things that are really um, intimidating. But the power that actually is the foundation for all of the world, the power that is the foundation for everything that exists is nothing other than love. That, that life of generous self-gift, that is the true power. And that power we have been given through our baptism in Christ Jesus. And so it's ours to make use of that power. It's It's ours to be transformed by that love, and so be the people that are salt and light. This is what Jesus says at the beginning before he starts giving this list of things. You have heard that it was said, but I say to you. 
And so it's through love, it's through lives of generous self-gift that we're able to be salt and light and that we're able to embark on God's saving mission that he began in Christ Jesus and that Christ Jesus continues to work out through each and every one of us called to him, called to bring his light and filled with his body and blood, the, the food of the food of charity, the, the food that is itself charity. He fills us with that so that we can be strengthened for the mission.